ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, June 23rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories it is. The original light beer coming up on the program to reclaim her throne as the number one guest of all time on the program, Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. Does she know she lost her throne? Does she even consider that someone might have taken her throne, her crown, her title, the strap away from her as the premier guest of this program? I don't know. I don't know if she knows this, but we're going to find out what her reaction is to her losing the crown. I don't know. Does John Mercer, is he, the, is he the current reigning title holder of that? He's had the most appearances. We'll find out. So Ari is coming on the program. Looking forward to catching up with her. Uh, we haven't talked to her in a while, so that's going to be fun. And as I mentioned, your phone calls, I appreciate those. We'll take those calls later on in the program. We do have some things to hop into today. Let's do that. First of all, this one for the Reds fans. I, I'm sure there's some mixed feelings on this one because if you're a Reds fan, of any tenure, of any duration, you know Marge Schott, former owner of the program, team. She said some things over the years that were kind of controversial. Kind of. Let me rephrase that. That were controversial. That cost her lots of money because she had to pay some fines. Lost control of the team at a time. Eventually... She had to move on from being the owner of the Cincinnati Reds. And she's got a foundation. There is a foundation in her name. Doing some good works, right? That's what you hope that these foundations are doing. Well, she gave the charity. She did some good works. Is that fair to say? Well, that's not good enough. Especially University of Cincinnati. Their board of trustees today, it was unanimous. They voted to remove the name of Marge Schott from the university's baseball stadium, and they've had her name on a second space as well. That's that's gone too. Uh, here is what they said: the university, Marge Schott's record of racism and bigotry stands at stark odds with our university's core commitment to dignity, equity. And inclusion. The board explained that her name's going to be removed from the baseball stadium and uh, another space, which is in the archives library, and that's immediate. So I'm sure it's already down. The board also, in their statement, said, We want to say unequivocally, we stand with President Pinto and our campus community in our collective fight to end racism. Inequality and indifference. The change we want to see starts with us. So this is maybe a controversial move from the standpoint that Mark Schott, she did give a lot of money. Her foundation has spent a lot of money. How do you compare and contrast what she's done, what she said? 
is this a sign that she's done a lot of good works, her name's around, it's in the community that possibly might go away at least. She's going to be tied with the Cincinnati franchise for the rest of time, but the things that are left behind to memorialize her, to remember her name, maybe some of the things are coming down. I mean, how does that work really? If you give money to an organization, to an institution, to a university, you give money or your foundation gives money in someone's name. And is there a clause that, hey, if you take this down, if you just take it down, do we get the money back? What's, what does that mean? How does that work? I've always been curious about that. I'm, I'm not trying to say that the university should give money back or that they shouldn't. What I'm trying to say is a lot of people spend this money, and so they spend it, and in return, this is what they get. But if something's renamed, is there, okay, we don't want to be associated with this name anymore? You know all that money you gave us or that was given in your name? Are we keeping that? I mean, how does that work? That's that's just one question I want to ask. Also, the fact that I mean, she was a big deal in Cincinnati for good and for bad. She was a big deal, and she had a a major presence. So it's not as if she is going away. She is passed, but her name is uh, going to be there forever. It's going to continue. But at the same time, more names, more people are being removed due to their past. And with this one, you're going to see her name in other things. You're going to see her name connected with the Cincinnati Reds, but you're not going to see her name on the university's baseball stadium. And so in the future, I'm sure these are going to be things that are going to be really scrutinized as far as when you put someone's name on something. doesn't matter the money given. If there is even something that could lead to controversy, bring up something that is negative, that you can't accept, I'm sure these are going to be things that play in the future as far as what is going to be named, who is going to be lucky enough to have their name on something. Probably the size of the check isn't going to matter as much anymore. I mean, you'll still have to write that big check, but at the same time, If you've done something, said something in the past that is not permissible or accepted or is something that you look back on with a little shame and disdain, whatever the case may be, these things are going to be reviews. I was listening to um, Talkline this morning, and Jenkins Hall came up again today. And a few years ago, that issue came up. And at the time, it was decided to keep the name of Jenkins Hall. That's probably going to be revisited as well. On the campus, so we're going to see this a little closer to home here in Huntington. But these are things that are going to be happening, and a lot of it is sports related because there are where some of the louder voices are. Sports is echoing and amplifying a lot more than years past. For example, go to herdzone.com today. Great story on Marshall diving. I recommend you go read that. It's by Chuck McGill. I'm not going to read it for you here. You need to go and look at that yourself. But good story there from Chuck McGill talking about amplifying black voices. Also, there was a story out, a couple of reports, that a few years ago when the Colin Kaepernick kneeling issue was at hand, Cincinnati Bengals players didn't kneel. Well, why was that? Well, according to reports, team owner 
Mike Brown pleaded with the players emotionally that there would be some sort of backlash, and that's coming out now that he pleaded with the owners. Uh, I'm sorry, he pleaded with the players. So, and the sort of reply is he he expressed his opinion. There was not a, hey, you can't do this, as please don't do this. So I don't know what kind of look that is going to be for Cincinnati moving forward, but at the same time, you're going to see more players now take knees during the national anthem. And wherever you fall on that issue, the NFL going to allow it, going to allow these voices to be expressed in the way they're going to express themselves. So this is a long journey we're just getting started on, but we're going to turn our attention to Marshall Volleyball when we come back from break. Also, I want your feedback at all times. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. What do you think? Marg Shot, should her name be removed? Is it overblown or is it just the right measure? That's when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Okay, it's time now. Welcome back to the program. The one-time reigning, defending champion of all guests on this program, as of late, uh, there haven't been any title defenses, so the the crown, the throne, the title belt might be advocated. I don't know. We'll find out. Ari Agnes, the volleyball coach of the Marshall <laughs> University Thundering Herd, with us on the program. I mean, how's that make you feel to, to know that maybe there was some challenge to your, your supremacy and your dominance on this program? You know, I think that there could be a small challenge, but I think that I will just reign supreme. You just you got to believe you will in order for it to happen, right? That's a good attitude. I mean, John Mercer's been on the show three times um, since the, the pandemic began. <laughs> three times. Three. So he may he may take the case there. Between you and me, I think you could take him, but I don't want to say that out loud. I, I think you can take him here. <laughs> I, I fully understand. Uh, I mean, John's had some things happening. I mean, it's been quiet on the Ari Agnes front. Uh, we haven't heard much as far as volleyball is concerned. I, um, I mean, your social media, you got some things going on, but... Um, I mean, how many how many cooking sessions can you do on Zoom? I mean, we need some new content, Ari. I I would agree so much. So once we get back into fall, if everything goes as planned, then the content can just keep coming, right? I like it. I like it. Now, um, <laughs> I'm going to ask this and get this out of the way because um, I I don't want to save it for last. I, I, you know, because you might just hang up and be done with this interview after I ask this question. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, vo- volleyball is important to a lot of people. But beach volleyball is just a completely different sport. It's so ultra competitive. Um, I mean, sometimes uh, you see America dominate this sport in the Olympics, and we all rally behind it. Is this coming to Marshall? If not, can we make it come to Marshall? <laughs> I, to my knowledge, no, it's not coming to Marshall. It, oh. It's a whole different beast. Um, it's a it's a beautiful beast, you know. But I think I, I have been at places and unless you're going to build like an indoor facility just because of the weather in the springtime you end up probably having to cancel a lot more games so it really is meant for not meant for i just think it's probably a little bit easier i know that moorhead has it and i know that they've got a beautiful outdoor facility and 
And it, it really is as much as, as we want to say it's the same sport. It is a whole different game. I coached it at the university of San Francisco when I was there and it's, it's just very, very different, you know, same ball, but absolutely other than that, pretty much nothing is the same. <laughs> so maybe that's what you're telling me is what I'm hearing. Maybe. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed. We'll just say sure. <laughs> Another different sport, same sport, different sport, but come Olympic time, summer games. I mean, that's one of the must see TV events of the summer oh, Olympics. It's, it's so fun. It's such a high speed game. It's, it's energetic. It's passionate. It's so hard <laughs> that I think that people understand if, if somebody is jumping that high in the sand, just imagine what they could do on re- on regular floor. It's, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's truly great. And the, the kind of leverage that it's getting from the media and, and people kind of putting forth, you've got April Ross. that's just a phenomenal athlete that is, has paved the way. Misty May, Carrie Watt, like it's, it's just awesome. So I think if more continue to do that and, and it's on the men's side as well, which makes it just as fun. It's super fun to watch. Ari Agnes joins us on the program, Marshall's volleyball coach. And um, we haven't talked to you in a while. It's um, it's been it's been a long COVID nineteen pandemic so far. But um, when we last talked, you were doing Zoom meetings. You were trying to keep spirits high with your team, trying to figure out what this new reality looks like. We're a few months in now. Uh, what's the day to day? What's the reality look like now for you? Um, it's. I think as a whole, we're very encouraged. So I think that it, it hasn't completely defeated us. And, and a lot of that is because as we meet, um, we talk about different things. We talk about issues going on in the world. We talk about just, you know, here's a platform to just have a voice for the day. So I think it's fun, but I am so ready for them to be back in person. It's just so different. I think in the beginning, it's like, maybe this will only last a month. <laughs> and here we are coming into July. So um, I think the team, like, they're just ready. I think if nothing better that could have happened, they are ready to be back in their gyms. They're ready to be back on campus. They're ready to play again. So I think that's the really fun part. Um, we actually met today and kind of just had a very open and honest, fun conversation, and it didn't do too much. But it's just great to see their faces. You just want to – it's just not the same. You know, in person, even over FaceTime or, or whatever it is, it's not the same as them – being on campus and, and getting to actually have a 20 minute in-person conversation about whatever they may be feeling that day. So I think we are encouraged to get back here. Um, we have not lost hope. We have come together in ways that we wouldn't have been able to have had COVID not happened. So I think we just continue as always to just find the little bit of, of joy that we can in everything we do. How do you keep your players ready in shape or focused or because they've been gone for a while now and not everyone's blessed to have the proper facilities. Things are opening up slowly, but still you're trying to keep them healthy. You're trying to make sure that they're doing the right things, not developing bad habits. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it varies, I'm sure, from player to player. How are you dealing with that? Just trying to keep everyone individually on the right path because eventually you're going to get back together. Sure. Um, you know, our strength coach, Sam, he has, he has done a phenomenal job of here's a workout, right? But then here's the modifications. <laughs> if you can use laundry detergent, if you can use your stairs going up down to the basement, if 
you know, um, they've done a fantastic job of call him, figure out what you have and don't have available, and then he'll come up with a different program. So as far as staying in shape, as a Division One athlete, you've, you've mentally got to have that. You shouldn't need anybody to push you. You shouldn't need anybody to get you up. You shouldn't need anybody to tell you to do the right thing. That should just be in your mind because you're, you're a top-tier athlete. Um, so I think that being home, is, I've not been nervous at all. The only thing that I am um, not too excited about is just that they haven't played in so long that, that we're going to have to ease into it really slowly just to make sure we don't have any injuries. So it's not going to be getting to the first day of practice and we're just going to play and go crazy. We're really going to have to slow into things because a lot of girls are in states that are still on lockdown and they're in places where they can't even get into a facility like you're saying. So I think, I think they're doing as much as they can with what they've got. And our job when they get back is just going to be to modify the, the workload so that their bodies aren't completely overturned. Marshall volleyball coach Ari Agnes joins us on the program. And eventually you're going to get back. And we're, we don't yep. know when that's going to be, but we're going to be there one day, sooner than later, I hope. And <laughs> there have been some changes in Conference USA across the board trying to cope with the financial realities of the situation and trying to put this conference in the best position possible to deal with that and anything in the future. Volleyball, not taking a big hit, but maybe you can expand on that. Tournament's going to be a different size tournament. It's going to be a different tournament experience. Yeah, you know, uh, I was impressed with um, the committee and, and all of the people, the planning committees that are putting everything together for volleyball because it will be a smaller conference tournament, but they're not eliminating it. And um, we as coaches for all of the Conference USA, we met probably four or five times throughout this process on a Zoom call. And we have a group text to kind of just get what we feel is really important on the same page so that all of us coaches are fighting for the same thing. And the conference tournament was one of them. We think that it's part of the student athlete experience. I think that it's part of um, the, the greatness that is conference USA. It's such a strong tournament that it could be anybody's win, if you will. Um, and, and so having a four team tournament now, instead of eight teams, it, you know, I think all of us are just like, we'll take it. It's, it's not, what we want, we would love for, let's have the whole conference go, right? Everybody goes and play and let's just see who can come out of it the the best. Um, but to have four instead of zero, then we just, we'll, we, we will move forward with it and we will just work our butts off to be the top four. <laughs> it also makes the conference regular season mean just that much more. You know, you if you get in at eight or if you're on the bubble at nine and you get in at eight, you're like, okay, great. We, we have a shot, but now you lose a conference match, how painful is that going to be? I agree. I think that there's a little bit more pressure on the conference matches, especially because last year, you know, Conference USA, you've got such, such great teams. <laughs> it, it really is such a tough, 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 tough conference. It's RPI at the top 10 conference in the country, which is a huge deal. So it could be anybody's battle the same way that last year, um, eight, seven, and sixth place were all just like, fighting tooth and nail to try to get in it. It came down to somebody beating somebody else and maybe by a little bit. So I, I agree with you. I think that it's just going to be dog eat dog and you just have to do the best you can. The great news is we get to play everybody once. Um, so there is talk of going into different pods and trying to do some other things. And I think that this is best case scenario, because if you don't make it, you have the opportunity to play everybody. 
and, and you just got to hope that come game time, you're, you've got the best showing that you can possibly put together. Ari Agnes is joining us, Marshall's volleyball coach. The uh, conference tournament also going to be a one-day experience. So that was something put in place to sort of help with the cost of travel because one thing about Conference USA, it is all across the United States of America just about. <laughs> it is. I think that it'll be interesting. You know, in preseason, it's not going to be anything new. We play three to four matches a weekend in preseason, and a lot of that is two games in one day. So you just got to get the team to, to understand that again. It'll be a morning game and an evening game, and it's just get in there, fight as hard as you can, and get out. It's not too much. Um, it's not by any means overbearing for anything, and it is totally doable. So I think that it's such a great um, compromise for us to be able to have the conference tournament and then still be able to save money for all of the schools in the conference in general. Is it going to be a little bit more difficult for you scheduling now, or have you had a major chance to look at that yet? Because I know another push is to make sure that you're you're playing schools that are close by, or at least in the geographic footprint. Traveling to, say, California, for example, probably not going to happen anytime soon if you're a volleyball coach or vice versa. Uh, so has it been maybe a little difficult trying to plot ahead what you're going to do for a future schedule? I I wouldn't say it's difficult. I think that, you know, if we were in – um, Utah, I've got some great friends that are coaches in Utah, and I think that it would be really difficult for them because there's just not a big radius of schools that are in a reasonable driving distance. So for us, we've got all of the MAC schools really close. We've got Moorhead. We've got so many options to just get on a bus and go to that it's it's not hard. It's not tough to to schedule. And the great thing about the volleyball community in general is everybody's well, – this, I guess this isn't a good thing, but everybody's suffering – all the same hits. So we're all very much like, how can we help? How can we open up our tournament? If a team drops out, maybe you can come because you're closer and save money. And, and if nobody's, it's not personal. It's, it's just trying to figure it out. So I think the process has been encouraging just to see the volleyball community kind of come together. Um, and you can imagine you get a bunch of head coaches all together and everybody thinks they have the right answer. And we all think that we know the right thing. Um, but, but to just be very open to what's going on. So, um, no, I mean, I think we scheduled anyway. Our preseason was pretty local. Um, it, it was not too spread out. So we're just still waiting to finalize and see. There's still conferences coming out with different cuts and different rules and regulations, and the NCAA is still voting on some stuff. So um, even as we come into July, we're still kind of playing the waiting game. But But I think that we got pretty lucky with how we scheduled anyway that, you know, cross our fingers, everything still stays as planned. We should be in, in really good shape. And you mentioned what other universities are doing. And uh, I was going to ask this question anyway, but you've been probably following it a little bit closer than I am. There are schools that are cutting programs. I see tennis getting cut a lot. I've seen volleyball at a couple of places. It's going to be really difficult here in the next few weeks and months to figure out what's going to be the landscape of college athletics. Fortunately, at Marshall, that hasn't been an issue. I've talked to Mike Hamrick. That doesn't seem to be anything he's looking at right now, which uh, I'm sure makes everyone feel better at the you know at your level and uh, the other programs. But still, there are universities that are just all of a sudden, oh, we're cutting this, this, and this. Volleyball is one of those sports. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's scary. It's it's definitely something that I think crosses everybody's mind. Just to think, you know, are we next? Is my Sport next, which I think 
is why having the attitude of whatever you need me to do to be a team player, I'll do. And and that's what we as a staff have taken on. And that's what my team has taken on with whatever they're going to throw our way. We're going to find a way to get on board, but it's, it's, it's sad. And it's just so sad that, you know, you, you have, you understand, you understand that financially and, and you can justify it all, but to see these kids dreams just get, ripped apart and and they had nothing to do with it, I think is is the most disheartening thing. We as adults can land on our feet and we'll figure it out. And the kids the same, but, um, but yeah, we've gotten emails from a lot of kids that have come from different places where the programs have gotten cut and, and it just breaks your heart and, and you want to help and you want to figure out a way to, to make it work for them because they chose that school for a reason. And, and I think it's just sad, but this is what our country is going through and we've just got to try to, hold ourselves together with some really strong duct tape, I think. Ari Agnes joining us on the program. So if you had enough duct tape, I'm sure you would take everyone who's emailed <laughs> you, right? Just tape them all together and put together another volleyball. Hey, you've thought of maybe like a B team, an A team and a B team. I mean, junior varsity. I mean, just right? everybody can can tape together and let's keep moving. Yeah, and and it's worked out. You know, we've We've gotten lucky with some kids that, that have been looking and, and other helps other places find some. So it's just, again, I think that sports bring people together. I think that there's something that everybody right now kind of wants to work together and try to figure out what we can do because we all know we're all going through it. You know, it's not like it's just Marshall going through some financial crisis of some sort. It's, it's everywhere. So I think you just got to have an open heart and be sad and, 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 you know, pray and move on and, and try to just be a really good human and (laughs) help people and, and just do the right thing and know that we're going to take hits in different ways. And how can we just do that with, you know, put a smile on and and be a representative of Marshall and know that we're just, we're lucky right now. My guest on the program, Marshall University volleyball coach Ari Agnes and Volleyball hopefully coming back here in the near future. We're, we're anxiously awaiting for all sports because, again, uh, I've been looking at your social media feed. It's you know, I'm, You're not tweeting every day like you used to, I don't think. I know. It's bleak. What's happening here? I mean, you um, you ah. were doing, you were like the trailblazer originally of this. I can, I can only tweet so much about the books I'm reading right now and how many walks I take my dogs on, you know? I just think it would get a little redundant. <laughs> I mean, that could be, you know, it could be a daily feature. You know, you could take your dog on a different walk every day, different, different path, you know, explore a new a part different route. And yeah. then let's figure out which I, you know what, you might be onto something. Like where's Ari <laughs> today? I mean, that could be a game you play. Where's Ari today? Where's, where's Ari's dog today? <laughs> where, where are the dogs today? Where let's are the dogs today? I mean, I mean, I did see the, uh, I mean, did you go on West Virginia day to take the photo for West Virginia Day on your Twitter feed, or no. that was a previous. No, okay. Honestly, I gotta tell, I didn't even know it was West Virginia's birthday until I saw Taylor posted it, and I was like, I was just there. So it was great. <laughs> isn't, really good timing. Isn't that in the handbook? I mean, come on, as a head coach, aren't you supposed to? I think n- it is. No specific I, I days. Um. Yeah. There's just a lot of days. So I'm going to cut myself some slack on that one. Okay, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> now I know, though. Yeah, you know it's West Virginia's day. Yeah, it's West Virginia birthday. You you, you know that now, and um, it's a it's a holiday you're going to have to celebrate every year, uh, for now until the end of time, because it's the cool. It's one of the coolest holidays ever. Exactly, and I am fully on board now. Ready, ready to rock with it. 
Ari Agnes, my guest. Um, other than reading books and, and walking the dog, um, how are you? Um, yeah, how are you just dealing? Because uh, I know you, you're you're uh, you're an active person, you're a social person, you're an outgoing coach, um, and I'm sure the Zoom calls are great. But uh, that's what maybe an hour hour in your day. Uh, you got 23 <laughs> other hours of the day. You can only look at the dog so much. I, I yeah. How are you not going crazy? Um, I think. I really think that like the stir craziness is such a mindset <laughs> that I've just convinced myself that I am very blessed and very lucky. I have a neighborhood that I love. I have a home I love. So like I'll work for a while. I'll get up, take a walk, come back, sit down. It's more that I try to just break it up um, because recruiting calls and, and different budget stuff and equipment. And there's like so much to do that it all tends to happen on one day. So I try to just at least, manage the time so that it's not just like work for crazy for five hours and then you have nothing after that. So, um, I am, what else am I doing? I'm just, I just think I make the most out of what I have that it just doesn't seem that bad. I miss the office and I, I miss being around everybody and seeing everybody. So I'm very excited to get back in there and just have to like put your head down. But, um, I, I keep a lot of connections. I have actually joined a book club with um, other coaches across the country that has been really cool. And we have a zoom call on Friday nights and go over different topics from the book. So that's been really fun. Um, and I've gotten to know different people that, that I hadn't and just kind of taken a lot of time, but you know, I I'm lucky that I really enjoy my husband. So being around Jake is, is really easy. And, and we have spent a lot of time together and it's been, it's just been great. I think that, I have no control. And when I have no control, I have to learn to just step back and find the beauty in it. So that's, I really have no complaints other than missing my team and this, you know, pandemic that we're all going through. I just think you got to find, find the best mindset for it in order to get through it. Okay. I need to know what book you're reading though. Now, now, now I need to know. Okay. Well, right now, personally, I'm reading the last Mrs. Parrish okay. and that's just for, that is my personal read. And then we're reading for the book club, I'm Still Here. What's that about? It is about um, racism. Sorry, not even essentially. It is about racism. Okay. And so it is written by a black author, and then she takes us through her journey as a black woman in America, and it just sheds light on a lot of things that, that I probably wouldn't have put any light on before reading it. But it's, it's a mixture in this club of softball coaches, athletic trainers, other volleyball coaches, you know, everywhere from Delaware to Texas and Florida. And it's just really cool that everybody, you know, DC, everybody's committed to coming on and, and we get to talking for probably three hours on, on Friday nights. And it's just been really encouraging to see grown ups and head coaches know themselves and educate themselves. Joining us on the program, Ari Agnes. Um, I'm here's my suggestion to you. Um, you and Jake, you could do a podcast together and, you know, books included. I, I that this is the thing I, I want to, I mean, cause we, obviously we're not going to be privy to the book club. That's to me, that's your thing, but <laughs> we, we could have our own Ari Agnes book club okay. with, with Jake. You, you could, I mean, maybe you reiterate the book you just read or you, you come up with a new book and you can podcast about it. I like this. Do we think people would tune in? I think so. I think so. I okay. would, I would I mean, tune if in. If people would tune in, then I'm here for it. I would tune in. 
honestly, because I think sometimes people don't realize because they don't do it because if you if you get to know a coach, you get to find out more about them and you find out what they are. Uh, you know, I, I think that just makes a, a person even more interesting, you know, because the fact that you're reading this book at, uh, in this book club, that's fascinating to me. Because I don't think of you just Ari Agnes, the volleyball coach. I mean, there's a lot more to you. And I think people like you, they like Jake, and I think they would tune in. Now, if the book's bad, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go rail on the book. But if, it, if it's a horrible book, we're starting over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, exactly. Or you could rip the book. You could get a bad book and rip it. And, you know, that might be, that might be gold right there. That might be better. We actually kind of pick bad books to just talk about and have a common – common feel for. I like it. I like where this is going. All right. There you go. Ari Agnes reclaiming her crown. Uh, We'll get you back on soon (laughs) as we get closer to the season. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ari. I appreciate it. It's Ari Agnes. Uh, We're going to take our break. Come back. We will have more on the program here. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, June 23rd edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One of the stories we've been following, the noose that was left for Bubba Wallace, NASCAR, of course, trying to, I don't want to say change, but they are not allowing Confederate imagery into the racetracks anymore or onto the property that imagery is uh, basically barred, can't have the flag, can't do things like that. And, of course, part of this is because, again, uh, there has been a backlash against such imagery after um, several incidents, um, several incidents. And, of course, also you have only one African-American, one black race driver in Bubba Wallace, and he's been pretty vocal as well. NASCAR, of course, very supportive of him, but when we found out that there was a noose found in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace on Sunday. NASCAR, a lot of people, very outraged. And we find out that the FBI released a statement, and they have stated in their statement, on Monday, 15 FBI special agents conducted numerous interviews regarding the situation at Talladega Speedway. After a thorough review of the facts and evidence surrounding this event, we have concluded that no federal crime was committed. The FBI learned that garage number four, where the noose was found, was assigned to Bubba Wallace last week. The investigation also revealed evidence, including authentic video confirmed by NASCAR, that the noose found in garage number four was in the garage as early as October 2019. Although the noose is now known to have been in garage number four in 2019, nobody could have known Mr. Wallace would be assigned to garage number four last week. The decision not to pursue federal charges is proper after reviewing all available facts and applicable federal laws. We offer our thanks to NASCAR, Mr. Wallace, and everyone who cooperated with this investigation. Here's what NASCAR said in their statement. The FBI has completed its investigation at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been positioned there since as early as last fall. This was obviously well before the 43 team's arrival and garage assignment. 
We appreciate the FBI's quick and thorough investigation and are thankful to learn that this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. We remain steadfast on our commitment to provide a welcoming and inclusive environment for all who love racing. So, was not an intentional act, which is good. That's a relief if you are anyone in those garages right now because you saw the, the solidarity that people had with Bubba Wallace. And what are you to think if you are Bubba Wallace, you are a man of color, the only man of color in a sport dominated by white athletes, white owners, you go into that garage and you see this rope fashioned as a noose. What's your first thought? That it's a racist act. It is, is a noose because of America's unfortunate history with nooses and hanging black men and women. So I don't think anyone jumped the gun here, but the FBI has concluded this was not the case. This was Unfortunately, a rope that was there and nobody would have known that the rope was there prior to that garage being assigned to Bubba Wallace. So that's the good news there. We will continue on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Be a part of the program. Joining us on the Miller Lite foam lines, Miller Lite. Hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Time for your COVID-19 update, of course. We find out yesterday, Boise State closing campus facilities, including those for athletes for the remainder of the week because of a increase in community-based coronavirus cases. This is what the school said yesterday. In a school news release, Boise State said that eight positive or presumed positive cases were discovered across campus. So Boise State having to shut things down. Also, we find out, and this keeps going on and on across campuses across the country, because of budgetary issues, part of it because of the pandemic. I think also this is a pandemic that has opened the door for programs to maybe reevaluate. Chicago State yesterday became the second Division I athletic department to cut baseball. We talked about this in the past. Baseball could be a sport that some institutions target. Some schools say we can't do this anymore, and you look for sports that you need to cut, and you look at baseball. Baseball could be targeted, but Chicago State, second division one athletic department to cut baseball. They propose cutting baseball and adding men's soccer. The measure was approved five to two. Now, Chicago State Athletic Director Elliot Charles, who proposed cutting baseball and adding men's soccer, estimates that the institution will save 500000 annually from cutting baseball, but didn't say the cost of adding soccer. While the overwhelming thought coming in the summer that was, um, you could see some cancellations happen, uh, it hasn't been the case, but 
here's a program that we're cutting baseball. Chicago State, cutting baseball. I mean, don't they love in Chicago? Don't they love baseball in Chicago? So Chicago State cutting baseball. Um, they've been playing baseball since 1965. They had just, and here's probably the reason why a lot of this is happening. They had just four winning seasons in 55 years, and they haven't hit the 20 win mark since 1991. They went 10 and 41 last season before beginning the 2020 campaign with a two and 16 record. They have not had success with baseball on the campus. So what do they do? They cut baseball. Soccer. And you might be, I mean, we've seen so programs cut soccer, and then we see this as a proposal to add soccer. You're cutting one, adding another. I mean, will soccer, will soccer bring in more revenue? Is it cheaper on the books to maintain? Can you be more successful with the same revenue put into soccer? Is this going to be an upward trend that soccer is going to trend higher? More athletic departments, more institutions are going to look at soccer as something that is going to be more successful. I mean, Marshall built a brand new soccer facility due in part because they were removing the old facility, if you could call it that, the old field, and they needed to remove it and replace the soccer field. So what does Marshall do? Well, if they're going to do something, they're doing it as well as they possibly can, and they build a fantastic soccer facility, and Marshall already has seen success on the men's side, and now you might see some success on the women's side. You have a new coach coming in, getting his program together. On top of the success that the Marshall men's soccer program has had, getting into the NCAA, also advancing in the NCAA tournament, defeating West Virginia in a highly attended game. Of course, both programs successful in soccer. Marshall, newly successful. West Virginia has had some history and hunts of success in soccer. Now you have two D1 programs in the state that are pretty good in soccer, pretty, pretty good. And you might see soccer grow even further. So I think you're going to see some programs, if they're going to rearrange sports and if they're going to add, cut and add, will baseball survive? Because how much maintenance does baseball make? How much do you have to have? Of course, Marshall's been trying to put together a baseball park for years. So that's not going away. I don't anticipate that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I don't anticipate that's going to be something that you're going to see eventually at Marshall. They've got the property. They've got to get the funds going. And they got to get to a point where they can build this thing. And I think baseball is going to happen at Marshall. I don't think it's going to be on the chopping block anytime soon for Marshall University. So you see that the city making some things happen. That way we can have more property you're going to have some time to get over some of the hurdles. They're going to rebid this thing. They're going to clear the property, take care of some cleanup. And you're going to see, I think, baseball happen here for Marshall. But for other programs, not so much. And, of course, baseball, there's some opportunities here because with minor league baseball, we don't know what's going to happen with minor league baseball. The draft has been shortened, by the way. Chuck Landon was on top of that a couple of weeks ago in, in one of his columns. So go back and check Chuck's stuff out. But he was right. I give him I give him props on that one. He was right. It's going to be better for baseball because now you don't have that many rounds in the draft. You might be able to keep a hold of a couple of guys. Don't have them going for the offer of baseball. Now, on the flip side, 
You're going to lose um, maybe some some diamonds in the rough because you're not going to pick up this guy in the 25th round, and he, he might turn out to be pretty good. And that's going to do it for this edition of the program. For our producer, Spencer Dupuis, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up on tomorrow's show, one of the all-time greats of the program, Jack Bogajic. We just have a studio named after him. Jack Bogajic Talk Studio. It will be once again filled with his voice when we come back tomorrow in 23 short hours. So Jack's going to join me on the program. You never know what's going to happen when we get together. I talked to him for like 25 minutes today, and that was probably just a warm-up to tomorrow's show. So that's what's coming up tomorrow. Once again, for my producer, Spencer Dupuis, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.